0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. So if you would pray with me, Father, we thank you that today is the day we celebrate the resurrection of your son, our righteousness being proclaimed because of the sacrifice made on that cross. We thank you, Father, that because of that, we now have a connection with you. We're now in relationship. We've been restored with you. So your word says that we can pray, and according to Matthew 18, 19, that if any two of us will agree, it will actually be done for us by our Father, which is in heaven. So Father, we pray right now in agreement that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would go forth to all those people that are are going through those tragedies and and any other tragedy going on, but you would use your body as as a healing presence and you would send us across the path of those who need to be comforted and they need healing. And Father, let us be a light in a dark world. Holy Spirit, guide us. The steps that you give us are ordered of you. We follow those by faith and we thank you for all that you're doing. We ask you to bless our time together. We've prepared ourselves. Our spirits are ready to receive what you have for us. And we declare by faith we're going to be better when we leave than when we got here. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, there might be some of you here that are not Jesus followers. You're not Christians. And I want you to um, just kind of relax. Put your guard down. We're not going to try and talk you into anything. We're not going to try and force you to do anything. But I, I want to be teaching about why we celebrate Easter, and you have to understand, I'm going to do it from a biblical perspective. So even if you don't believe in God or you don't believe the Bible is God's word, it will give you some understanding why we believe the way we do. And we didn't just wake up one day believing. We had to get to the place where in our hearts we know this is real. And that's why we embrace it. So if you would, just just relax. am not going to try and force you to, to accept what we preach and what we believe. I'm just asking you to enjoy this wonderful atmosphere and see if God wouldn't speak to your heart. Amen? So let's get started. We're going to be teaching out of God's Word, and I want to go back to be able to really set the stage for what we're doing with Easter. Um, We have to go back to the beginning of creation, when God made man. And and in the book of Genesis, it's the book of creation. It's where the story of creation is told. And we see, if you remember, um, you maybe have heard or, or know someone who's talked about it, where God looked out and it was dark. And God, who's bigger than just what a lot of us think of God, he is the creator of all things. And he looked out and it was dark, and God said, light be. And light was. And after he did that, he he created the planets, the solar system, the stars, the moon, everything. Started it. that, that, That creation started, and he got to where he created the earth. And he created the earth, and the Bible says he created the oceans, said he created the 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 trees and the plants and the animals and the fish and the birds. And, and he did all of this. And then the Bible says he created man. And he created man. If you get ready, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. It tells the story after God had formed man out of the dust of the earth and he had lifted him up and he had breathed the breath of life into him, man became a living being. He became God's creation. And God did this for a purpose. He did it he he already had angels, he already created the animals at this point, but he wanted someone that he could fellowship with. Someone that would be not God, but someone who could relate to him and 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 be in relationship, close relationship with him. How many of you know that, I mean, I love my my grandson Jack, and, and he gets cuter every day, but I don't have a lot of in-depth conversations with him. We don't sit and talk about the things I struggle with, and we don't talk about the things I celebrate. We usually talk about, you know, do you got a dirty diaper? Yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and things like that. There's not a lot of in-depth fulfillment in that relationship as far as intellectually. God created us to be in relationship with him. So he created man, and then in verse 15 it says that God took man and he placed him in the garden. It says, if you want to read along, it be on the screen. It says, then the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden. This is this, this incredible place, this garden of paradise, where there's everything wonderful to eat, to look at, to enjoy. It's just paradise on earth. And, and God placed man in this place. And he told him, he says, here, this is yours. Now you tend it and keep it. In other words, I'm giving it to you, but you're responsible. I mean, as a kid, your parents ever gave you a gift. And then they said, now you take care of it. My dad was a great gift giver. Great. But if I ever didn't take care of what he gave me, he was really good at taking it back. He said, if I didn't respect it and appreciate it, he wouldn't give me more gifts. Now, my dad was a great dad, but he's not as good as God. God gave us this incredible planet. He gave us everything that's in this planet for us to enjoy, for us to to just partake of and and to see how much he loves us says, And then God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. We see the generosity of God here. This is every tree of the garden. Anything you want is yours. I've provided it for you. I love you. You're my kids. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. I, you know, a lot of people read that story and they think, Well, I remember when they went ahead and ate from that tree, they didn't die. Well, death in this has, has different definitions. The, the, the main meaning for death here is you're now going to be separated from God. It's spiritual death. Physical death comes later, but it's spiritual death, where the relationship, the intimacy that God wanted is, would be broken, and now you would be separated from him. Amen? So we see this, and, and he tells us not to eat of that tree, and and with the understanding of realizing when God created Adam and Eve, he had every one of us in mind. The Bible said he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb. He had every single one of us. And and what I'm trying to say is God created you with a plan and a purpose. Every single man has a purpose. You were created on purpose with a purpose. And this is God's plan from the very beginning. And this is kind of what we're going to look at here. Because we, we, we see in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, God declares this. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace and not disaster. Plans that give you a future filled with a hope. God's got things in store for you. Things he intends. matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship. We're created by him. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Listen to this. four good works. We have a purpose, every one of us, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Sounds like a good plan. Everything was going great until Adam and Eve decided to eat of that one tree, just one tree. When they decided to eat from that, they rebelled against God's plan. They rejected his plan and went off on their own. You say, well, why in the world would God put that tree there? Anybody knows they're probably going to do that. Why would he put that tree there? See, the thing is, when God created man, gave us this planet and everything in it, he also gave us something we call free will. We have to choose to want to be with him. We have, that's, o- that's the only way a real relationship works. If somebody's forced to be with you, that's not a relationship. That's called, <laughs> they're a slave. They're forced. It's against their will. And the quality of that relationship is going to be lacking. It won't be at all what God intended for man. So there had to be a choice to choose God. That's why there was a tree. A tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, was the fruit bad? No. The moment they partake of that tree is the moment they now understand what evil is because they've entered into rebellion. They've gone against God. And they now know what it's like to be in rebellion. And that is what we call the fall of man. It's where man fell. It's where they they fell from relationship with God. And what happened was when they ate of that apple, or whatever it was, it's apple in most pictures, but who knows what it was. But when they ate of it, that's when sin entered the picture. There was no sin before that. They chose to rebel, that's when sin entered. And the Bible says with sin comes death, calamity, sickness, disease, and that's when mankind took a turn and the plan of God now was put on hold And mankind found themselves having to fend for themselves separate from the original plan of God. All this leads up to Easter and what's accomplished there. In Genesis 3.19, it says this. It says, In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, listen, till you return to the ground, for out of the dust you were taken... For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. This is the first in-detail discussion or statement about man dying, because it was never God's plan for man to die. We were never designed to die. We were never designed to get sick, suffer disease, and die. matter of fact, science can't really explain it, but our body recreates itself every so many years. Every cell in your body gets renewed, because we were never designed to die. It's why we cry at funerals. You know, yeah, sure, uh, I'm going to miss him. And we do a celebration of life where we celebrate, but we still cry. There's still that, that feeling of emptiness when somebody passes on. It's, it, 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 it's why we go to the doctor. We try to stay healthy. It, it, it's why we, we, we do things that will extend our life. And, and we spend billions and billions of dollars trying not to age. Because we know that death, is, is, it's not possible of our original design in every man it's inherent for us to live that's why we fight so hard to live but because of the decision that was made that day in the garden sin which brought death entered in it's now something that mankind has to deal with that make sense you guys with me so as we as we look at this and we say well okay how, how, how do we get why, why does that happen that way how do we get to this point is with sin comes death, and the Bible says that the only way that our sin can be covered, the only way that our sin can be removed is by someone else dying or something else. And if you notice, um, we don't have time to go into it now, but if you read on in the story of creation, right after Adam and Eve, they ate, they realized, oh man, we blew it, we're wrong. Hey, let's try these fig leaves on and see if they'll cover us. So we don't feel guilty about what we've done and, you know, God shows up and they're hiding from him, which is hilarious. You think you can hide from someone who's everywhere. But yet that's what happens when you enter into sin. You don't think straight. You don't realize the full picture. You sit there and say, oh, he's coming. Hide. Wherever you go, he's already there. Whatever you're thinking, he's already heard it. He knows exactly what's going on, but yet in the midst of their sin, as they start thinking differently from the way they were designed suddenly now they're hiding and God shows up and he says hey where are you he already knew where they were it's just just like you play hide and seek with your kids you know they're behind the curtain saying I'm not in here but you still say where are you because you want to show love and you want to show acceptance you want to be there for so God's like where are you and they come out and God says what's this And they confess to what they did, and they have their new wardrobes on. They're thinking, we're going to be okay. It's okay. The figs look good. We're good. And God says, that's not good enough. So at that moment, God has to kill. He has to destroy part of his own creation because something has to die to cover their sin. And that's why the Bible says that he killed the animals and made them, depending on what translation, made skins or tunics for them to wear because blood had to be shed for them to be able to be covered for their sin. Now what happened was is animal skin, animal sacrifice, animal's blood only covers temporarily. So God instituted this this procedure so he could stay involved with mankind until he brought to fruition the plan of redemption. This is leading us to Easter now. So he could bring to fruition the plan of redemption, which means we wouldn't be lost forever to ourselves because In sin, we can't redeem ourselves because we have sin. Something that's sinless, has blood has to be shed to cover or to wash away our sins. So here we see this plan. And all through the Old Testament, you see the the stories of how um, God had them bring animals, and they had to be certain animals, to the altar. And those animals had to be sacrificed so their sin could be covered for a year. In the Jewish faith, the most holy day of the whole year it's called Yom Kippur. It's the Day of Atonement. And, and the way it would happen, let me, let me see if I could show you what happened. How do I illustrate this? Um, did anybody happen to bring a lamb costume with you? You, you got one? Well, come on up. Awesome. He's going to get, oh, great. He's ready. Okay. Now, I, I, need, a, I need a priest. Is there a priest? Is there a, hey, all right. Come on up. I got a priest here. Just hang on for this now. You'll see what's going on. Now, here's God wanting to be in relationship for us, wanting to get back involved in our lives. He, he institutes this, this order. I think you've got to go this way for the camera. Actually, you stand right there. That'd be great. And then the lamb, huh? Lamb. He's coming. He might be having a malfunction, a wardrobe malfunction. But anyway, he designed it where for people to be able to be involved or in relationship with him in any way, they had to bring a lamb, a particular lamb. The lamb had to be without spot or blemish. It had to be perfect. It couldn't be that lamb that had a black dot on it. It couldn't be that lamb that had a crooked hoof. It couldn't be that lamb who there was something wrong in any way. It had to be something that was perfect. And because, man, we all know we have sin, right? <laughs> wow, man, what a, what a good break. You stay right here. What a, what a great lucky break that you happen to bring that with you. You take it with you everywhere? Okay. Right. So anyway, man would come before because they, they, they know there's something missing on the inside. Of it, and they'll look for everything. But what they would do, they would come to the temple, and there would be a priest. And, you know... I come, this is my lamb, so I bring it up and I bring it before the priest and then the priest priest doesn't even look at me. Why? It's apparent why I'm there. I have sin. He's looking at the sacrifice to make sure that it's approved so that this lamb can give its life to cover my sin. And if he approves it, is it okay? Even the hair? Okay, all right. So then, no, now, see, now what he does is he takes a knife, and unfortunately, he slits the throat. The lamb now dies. Sorry, you were great while you were there. But anyway, the lamb dies, and what happens is that covers his sin for a year. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, bro. So now... The reason, and you have to understand the ins and outs of this thing, the reason that lamb had to be perfect was because it was a symbol of what was coming. It was just the Bible, in Bible interpretation, in Bible college you learn terms like types and shadows. And it was was an example of something that was to come, which was a perfect lamb, who was Jesus Christ. And that would just cover the sin for a temporary time, but when Jesus comes... He washes our way, our sin, forever. And see, at Easter, what we're celebrating is that not only did God come to the garden and get in the way of man losing their way forever, he jumped in and said, you know what, guys, I got this. And this is how much God loves us. In the midst of our sin, in the midst of our rebellion to him, he's doing everything that needs to be done to give us a way back to him. He doesn't force it. We got, we've got that thing called free will. But he gives us a way back. Does that make sense? So now we, we see ourselves and we, we go ahead and we realize that, all right, my lamb is good enough. And, and unfortunately, to get your sins washed away completely, you need to have a perfect lamb. A lamb that has no spot, no blemish. That lamb would be Jesus Christ who never knew sin. He never committed sin. And that's the only way that he could be the sacrifice to pay for our sin. See, if you have sin, you can't actually redeem yourself from sin because you're already tainted. You're disqualified because you have your sin. And you say, well, what if I didn't sin? You did. Everybody does. And here's why. Sin is passed down from the father to the child. And when the first two people on the planet sin, it's then passed down to everyone after them. So everyone that walks the earth, everyone here today, you've sinned. You can deny it, which means you're lying and sinning, but you sinned, right? And see, what God is showing us is he loves us so much that he made the plan come to fruition, worked it out so that we could see. In 1 Peter 1.19, I don't have it for the screen. I just want to show you this. It says, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, he was perfect. He was chosen before the creation of the world. God gave us a way back to him before we ever messed up. That's love. Before any of us ever messed up, God already gave us a way back. He wanted to make sure we were never lost and unredeemable. So it says that before the creation of the world, he was revealed in these last times for your sake. In Revelation 13, 8, it talks about it again. God's plan of redemption included this perfect lamb, his son. John 3.16 said that God so loved the world. Really, make it personal. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son to be sacrificed, to, to pay the price for your sin, for my sin, to the point of torture and death so that you would have a way back. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why it's such a big deal to us. It's not a religious day for us. It's a celebration that we're loved that much, and God made a way where we don't have to do the work. All we have to do is appreciate and open ourselves up to it and say, yes, thank you, thank you. That, that's pretty much the extent of it. And as we see this and we realize that, and this is a real eye-opener for some people, you're not a sinner because you sin. You were born into sin. You sin because sin was passed down to you by your father. And the only hope you have of being free from sin, and the penalty of sin, remember, was separation from God. It was death. That means eternal separation. The only way you can be redeemed from that is for God to send his perfect son, who was not born of a man. The Bible says that Mary became pregnant as a virgin because the Holy Spirit moved on her. So Jesus was born with no sin. Then he lived a life with no sin, and that's what en- enabled him to be the sacrifice to pay the price for our sins. Does this make sense for you so you understand a little bit more about um, why we celebrate? Now, I want you to see this as we get ready to wind down. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Listen to this. It says, for if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. In Christ means that you've accepted that sacrifice. You've said, God, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take that on my account. I'll go ahead and receive what you've done for me. It's an act of your will. It's not religion. It's not something you do because your parents told you to do it. It's not something you did a long time ago out of some obligation to someone. It's a decision you make realizing, you know what? I have sin. I can't free myself from the penalty of sin, the bondage of sin. I need a savior. And God says, I got you. I got you covered. His name is Jesus. And if you'll just accept him, You don't have to earn him. You don't have to pay money for him. You don't have to work in the nursery for him. All you have to do is accept him. And the Bible says that when you accept him, look at this. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things, the sinful past, is passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. God did the work, and he did it through Jesus Christ. We had nothing to do with it. We're saved by grace. Our part is to accept it. That's the extent of our part. Look at this. Through Jesus Christ, and has given us, those of us who have accepted it, the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to know that if you're here today, if you were invited by somebody who calls Faith Family Church their home, it's because you matter greatly to them. And they have an understanding of what it means to be outside of salvation and what it means to accept the sacrifice and receive salvation. And you mean that much to them. So don't take it lightly. We don't give away gold stars for people who invite people, and they don't get an extra reward in heaven. This is because they love you. Not only God loves you, but the people who invited you here today, they love you. Enough to be vulnerable. Let you come to their church and see what it's like. You know, they're going to do anything crazy. What's going to happen? You know, they made themselves vulnerable for you to experience what they believe is true. Make sense? Let's go on. The ministry of reconciliation, verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. He doesn't keep count of our, our sins anymore. He doesn't sit there and say, oh, that Eric, here we go again, more on the list. He doesn't, the list is gone. He doesn't impute because the penalty for any sin that you have committed or you will commit was put out on Jesus Christ. He paid the price completely for any sins that you might have. Does that make sense? You guys getting this? God was reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, hear this, we are ambassadors. Talking about those who have received Jesus for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. What does that translate out to? We're passionate about you. We love you. And we, just as if God himself is imploring you to accept this gift of reconciliation, to receive the sacrifice, You don't have to become religious. You don't have to act like me. You don't got to talk like me. Thank you, Jesus. We don't need any more me. I knew one was coming. I knew it. I figured Amber would do it. No. No. You can be you and walk with Jesus. You don't got to become somebody else. You don't got to act like somebody else. You don't got to think like. You be you walking with Jesus. And we're imploring you, we do all of this so that you can receive what we've already accepted. And praise God, a little over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ fulfilled the penalty, the requirements to set mankind free from their sin. Every one of us. Not one of you, I know some of you like to flatter yourself. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. (laughs) You don't know what I've done. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but if I come in, the roof's going to fall in. I mean, I say it as nice as I can, but don't don't flatter yourself. We got better sinners than you, you know. You're you're nothing compared to some of these guys. If I could tell no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But your sin doesn't matter. God doesn't look at it. He looks at the lamb. And when your lamb's good enough, no matter what your sin is, it's washed away. Jesus was good enough, amen? Now back to our purpose. This message is launching a, a series that we're calling Repurpose. And you know, the world is kind of consumed with repurposing things. I mean, you see the craziest things when you, you know, especially Pinterest. Pinterest is just, it opened a whole new world for people to, well, look, I can make this out of that. And it, they'll make things out of things that they were never designed to be, but they'll make something brand new out of it. You guys notice that? There's some crazy stuff out there. I got a picture of one. Look at, look at this first slide. Look at that. They made a couch out of a phone booth. Now think about the guy sitting around looking at that phone booth and said, boy, that would be a nice couch. <laughs> what kind of thinking? You know, I mean, it's creative. I think it's awesome. I don't think that way. Look at the next one. This is a tuba that was made into a sink. Now listen, I'm being nice, mostly out of respect for my sister who was in band. She was the, the what's the one that talk, walks with the big fur hat, the... Uh, she was the drum major in, in high school, all through band. I was the guy that made fun of and teased the kids in band. Now, I'll just be honest with you, you know. But she was there. I didn't show you the one that came with this, which was these big tenor horns turned into urinals. And there's a whole roll of them. I thought, you know, that would kind of be insulting to band members, so I won't show that one. But it's crazy, the different things. Look at the next picture. Now, think about how a guy's out riding his bike, and he washes his hands and says, hey, we could, we could bring these together. It's like a Reese cup, chocolate and peanut. I mean, and and they decide to take a perfect, look, that bike looks great, perfectly good bicycle, and put it in a stationary place. Bicycles aren't made to be stationary. They're made to take us out exploring, seeing this wonderful creation that God made. But somebody, and if you have this in your house, I'm sorry. I'm not meaning to make fun of you. I am kind of, but um, that's not what it was designed for. Now, you know, motorcycles are a particular passion of mine. I've had them in my life, my whole life. took my first ride on a motorcycle when I was six weeks old. Got my first motorcycle when I was five years old. My two boys got their first first motorcycles when they were five years old. I got my grandson Noah a motorcycle when he was five years old. I love motorcycles, and it breaks my heart to see this next one. Look at that. (laughs) Motorcycles aren't supposed to be a table. They're supposed to take you out enjoy hearing the rumble of the mufflers and, and, and being free, not set there to have your oatmeal. I, mean, I don't get it. Here's the worst one. Look at the next one bar stools. Those are perfectly good Harley Davisons, and they're turned into bar stools. My question is this if somebody came along and turned those things back into, because that's their purpose now, but if they turned those things back into their original purpose, is that repurposing? Because they had a purpose, then they were repurposed, and now if you take them to their original purpose, we're actually repurposing them again. And see, I believe it's God's intent through Easter, through the sacrifice, through bringing us back in relationship with him, because I truly believe with all of my heart that your purpose will only be revealed to you as you grow in your relationship to God. And I'll show you why. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank, you see he's making a point here, everything, rank of angels, everything got started in him, talking about Jesus, and finds its purpose in him. I believe with all of my heart that when the separation from man and God happened, Man being removed from that close relationship, which would help us to discover our purpose, why we were created. See, because I believe this, every one of you, God had a purpose. He didn't, he didn't sit there and say, oh, look, here, I need this, and, and uh, you know, Nicole, run over and do that. No, when he created you, he created you with a purpose. We saw in Jeremiah, we saw in um, Ephesians that God had a plan for you before you were even born. God has a purpose. And the only way that you'll ever really, you may become the most successful person there is, but if you're not fulfilling your purpose, you're going to always have this void on the inside of you because it's not what you were designed to do. I can turn screws with a butter knife, but trust me, that butter knife's not enjoying it. The best way to turn screws is with a screwdriver because that's what it was designed for. I need to spread my jelly and my, my... cream cheese and stuff with my butter knife. But it's not made for turning screws. There's things we can do on our own, but it's not what we were made for. So we're not going to get this sense of satisfaction, this sense of this is why I'm here. And all of us, whether we admit it or not, we're searching for why am I here? Why was I born? And God has the answer. Amen? So as we look at this and and we get ready to, to wind down, we realize that When man and God were separated, man started looking for a purpose on his own. What am I here to do? What should I do? We even teach our kids. We say, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's really not the right way to do it. We should say, let's discover why God created you so they can grow up knowing who they are in Christ and why they're here. Our whole church is based on helping people discover why they're here so that you can have that sense of contribution, that sense of I'm making a difference. The world should be different when you leave than when you got here. God created you that way. And we're committed to helping you find that. And we believe with all of our heart that your design, as you look at yourself, and, and we have classes for it that help you. As you look at yourself, you'll see your design actually reveals your destiny. What am I here for? It doesn't mean it's the only thing you're here for, but God has you for a particular purpose. But what we've done as mankind is we, we, even those of us as Christians that have come back in relationship with God, we give God a slice of our life. We're the center of our life. And we say, okay, I, you know, I got my family here. I got my wife time there. I got my kid time there. I got my hobbies. I'm going to give them a slice of the pie. Oh, I'm going to give God. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to give him from Sundays uh, from 10 to 11:15. 15. Pastor Mike better not go over because that's all I'm giving him. And we do that. And in doing that, we disconnect from discovering our true purpose. And through growing close to him, he'll reveal to us. And that's why the more you get to know God, the more you get to know yourself. The more you realize, wow, I'm, I'm gifted at this. Did you see how well our praise and worship team did this morning? It's because they've sought God. And they found out that they were purposed to lead others in worship of him. And they're fulfilling their purpose. They have full lives outside of that, but they're fulfilling their purpose. They have a sense of, I'm making a difference because they're following after the original plan of God. Amen? So we're going to start the series, and we're going to look at what it means to be repurposed back to the original. I believe that God has that for us. I believe he wants us to discover that. And if you guys would, bow your heads and close your eyes, because I don't know where you are with God. The Bible says no man knows another man's heart. But as an ambassador for Christ, I want to give you an opportunity today to make a decision, to, if you haven't accepted that sacrifice, to accept it personally for yourself. And if you have, then go ahead and take the next step and say, God, show me. Show me why I'm here. Why did you create me? Why am I here in 2022? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, even online, if you would, just kind of disconnect from what's going on around you. And let's give God just a minute to see if he wouldn't have something to say to us. Salvation is a gift. It's given by God through his son who was willing to be sacrificed so that we could be free from the penalty of sin. It's called Grace. God loves us that much. So if you've never made that decision, today's a perfect day. The Bible says that today's the day of salvation. If you never made that decision, but you'd like to, I want to set the, the, the stage though. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you stand up in front of people. Matter of fact, I've asked everybody to close their eyes. But I'm going to ask you if you, if you want to receive Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And you may say, well, why? Because I want to know who I'm going to be praying for this next week as you take the steps to to start this new relationship with God through the sacrifice, His Son, Jesus Christ, walking in the salvation that He's provided. So I'm going to look across the room, and if this is you, without any fear of being embarrassed or anything, this is between you and God. Uh, If you would like to receive Jesus today, would you raise your hand? Is there anyone? I see your hand. Anyone else? Today is a great day. I see your hand. Amen. Anybody else? I see your hand. Yes. Anybody else? You say, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yes, I see. Amen. Anyone else? I see that hand back there. Okay. Anybody else? Amen. Now for you online. Maybe you're at home and you say, I'm not there. You can receive Jesus right where you are, from the comfort of your home or in your car, wherever you are watching us. And this is how we're going to do it. We're all going to pray a prayer, because we believe this that much. We want to do it with you, because we're, we're man. Easter, resurrection, salvation is something to be celebrated. So after we say this prayer, I don't want you to get weirded out, but it might get a little rowdy in here for a couple seconds, because because we're excited about what God's about to do in your life. Amen. So I want everybody, everybody online, and everybody here, to say this with me. Father, today, it's my day. I believe your word that declares Jesus Christ came, lived a perfect life, but died the death of a sinner to free me from my sin. I'm no longer in bondage. I now enjoy close relationship with you. Here my Lord. Use me in this world you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.